This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me today is Hall of Fame coach Kim Mulkey. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm doing pretty darn good. You know, when you get to be my age, just waking up is a big thing. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, you got me up at 8 a.m. And uh, I mean, not that I don't usually wake up decently early, but, you know, got to wake up a little early to get, you know, everything set up. So um, I appreciate you having me up at this uh, early hour for, for this podcast. And thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Um, now, in the morning, do you have like a morning routine? Do you are you a coffee person or how, how does that all work for you to get to get going? I don't have a routine and no, I'm not a coffee person. Uh, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. Don't even know what it tastes like. I know what it smells like, but uh, I, uh, if I have any beverage in the morning or breakfast, it's usually a small bottle Coke uh, or, um, you know, I like orange juice. I like grape juice. Uh, and if I do um, eat anything, it could be bacon. It could be eggs. Uh, but normally, um, if I have time, I'll grab something, but it won't be coffee. So yeah, you're the same as me. I've never had coffee before either. I just get through the day, just get going. I don't need it to get going. That's the, the best thing. Now, uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand, but I'm, I'm from Texas, like I said. And so I've moved here about what, four months ago, and I've been trying to get accustomed to food, to the food and everything. So like boudin, I didn't know how to say boudin four months ago. Um, I had some alligator, some blackened alligator a few months ago as well, all that stuff. Do you have a favorite Louisiana dish or meal or anything like that? Obviously you're the, you're the expert here compared to me. Well, I tell you, I don't pick just one. I love to eat and I guess it's just a culture I grew up around and, uh, I miss the food from Louisiana for the last you know, 21 years I've been in Texas. I learned how to eat Mexican food in Texas. So mm-hmm. uh, I like Mexican food. Now I like just about anything, you name it, I'll eat it. And, uh, and I'm very particular. I don't want just any kind of gumbo. It has to have a real roux and it has to be, uh, you know, just dark and uh, taste the way I think a gumbo should taste. Love anything that has crawfish in it. Um, love any kind of seafood, really. So there's there's nothing that I will tell you um, that's uh, known uh, to be made in Louisiana that I would tell you I don't like. I haven't eaten alligator. I'm not sure that I would um, dislike it, though, but I've never eaten alligator. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it didn't taste anything crazy. It was like chicken, but like with a little twang to it. So it wasn't yeah. anything crazy. Um but let's talk basketball while I have you here, because that's what um, that's why I mean, I've covered the team this year and it's been a lot of fun covering them. Y'all are now ranked number 24 in the AP poll. You've put in a lot of work to get to this point. Obviously, the success your players have had just in this year, getting to know you and getting to know your system, um, coming off a big win over Iowa State. Just what is 
what is being ranked, you know, what does that represent for the work that y'all put in and just how far y'all kind of come over this, this period of time? Well, when you take over a program that's only uh, won nine games uh, the previous season, you celebrate little milestones and it lets you know that the work you're putting in, you're heading in the right direction. And um, not just the fact that we beat an Iowa State who was ranked, we celebrated when we beat Missouri State because we respect the the program and and their history as well. Um, And so getting ranked ourselves, we're going to celebrate that. And when I say celebrate, it's more of an acknowledgement and and not just take it for granted. Um, Certainly there are teams that are ranked every year, number one, number two, number three. I was I was pretty fortunate to be a part of a a program like that. We didn't uh, overdo it, but we acknowledged that, you know, we're, we're being ranked. And so we recognize it's just someone's opinion. It's either a sports writer's opinion or in the coach's poll, it's a coach's opinion, but at least I tell the kids it's better to be recognized than not recognized. And um, so, you know, when you write down the goals for the year, Sometimes you may say, hey, stay ranked all year or let's get ranked. Uh, But that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal for our basketball team is to win enough games, get recognized enough that you're worthy of being selected for the NCAA tournament. For sure. And you mentioned the Missouri State win. I felt like that one kind of got overlooked because it was not a home game. Um, But you have the Missouri State win, even the Louisiana win, the Tulane win. Uh, those are all really, really impressive results to me, just, you know, being someone who was watching the team and covering the team and someone coming into the year, I was not sure how it was going to play out. And you even said it yourself at the press conference, you're like, I'm not going to snap my fingers and, you know, win 20 games. So has this kind of success and the, the, way, the way that y'all have kind of played, has it surprised you at all to this point to be kind of getting, getting going this early? No, um, I, I kind of coach, um, with the mindset that nothing ever surprises me because we're going to always be prepared uh, and nor am I afraid to fail. And so if you have that approach as a coach, I think you instill it in your players. We inherited uh, seniors that have lots of experience and I am indebted to those young ladies for forever because they certainly didn't have to stay after the new Uh, coach was hired and and my staff was brought with me and they chose to stay. So um, I'm not surprised, uh, but again, I don't take it for granted. Had we lost those games, I would not have been afraid to say, Hey, we gave it everything we had. Yeah, for sure. Now looking at the team a little bit closer, um, I'm a big fan of y'all's guard versatility, just with Kayla, uh, Ryan Payne, uh, Jalen Cherry, Alexis Morris, just having those four, you can sub in and out and you have a lot of freedom. I feel like to play a three guard lineup if you want. Um, Jalen Cherry is obviously a great defender. And then you have you know, Kayla with the way she controls the game and then Payne and Morris, the way they've been able to score the ball. Just what does that mean to have that type of versatility at the guard spots and you can mix and match lineups and, and everything like that? Just how valuable is that? Well, it means a great deal to our program. I mean, those guys are as quick as any guards I've ever coached collectively. Uh, Those guys uh, have the quickest hands. Uh, You know, they can disrupt you a lot defensively. And then, uh, you know, you always want depth. And I think, you know, I can 
mix and mingle any of those together. And three of the four are truly point guards, but they're so unselfish that they're just willing to play any of the perimeter positions to get to play and to make us better. Yeah. And the defensive pressure that they put on opposing guards, like they can extend past the three-point line, get deflections. Uh, has that kind of led y'all's defensive surge this year? Well, I hope so. I think when you watch us play, I think, as you said, that's one of the first thing you, you things you notice is how quick we are. And um, we're not big on the perimeter. Uh, I know some teams will try to post us up and, and that's, you know, that's understandable, but we feel like um, we have as quick a guards as anybody you'll see collectively in the country. And um, we're going to try the best we can to use those, those tools and, and pressure the ball. There will be times where um, we um, need to understand how much pressure to give because you don't want to get beat off the dribble, but they're not going to get beat off the dribble too many times. Yeah, no, and it haven't gotten too much foul trouble either. I mean, it's been really impressive to see how they've kind of bought in on, on both ends there. Now, coach, I want to play a quick game um, just to kind of mix it up there. Just a, a one word game. So I'm going to say a player, you just tell me the word you think either describes them or just comes to mind. And then you kind of expand on why you kind of chose that word. So just run through a few players here. Um, let's start with the non-guard. Let's start with Autumn Newby. Uh, what's one word you would use to describe Autumn? Rebounder. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It feels like she's like the, the, the glue in a sense, like the, the way she's kind of athletic and can rebound and defend. I feel like that's kind of, uh, that's, that, that's probably right. She's um, an undersized uh, post player that is really a tremendous offensive rebounder. And uh, she, uh, what a great addition to our, our program and to our team. Yep. Hannah Gusters. Big. <laughs> big is in tall we need yeah. size I love big post players she will tell you that's why she came to play at LSU with me my history of dealing with big girls and how we use them yep I mean especially I mean Iowa State she had a couple key baskets I think I was in the second half right where she she got found her uh, catches deep in the post and just turns in, and gets positioned really well all right let's go, let's go back to the guards uh Kayla Pointer I have so many one words yeah, I would I like to say. Um, <clears throat> great. Yep. She's a great player. She's a great player and uh, she's our all SEC performer and um, she's great in a lot of aspects of the game. Yep. Ryan Payne. Quick. Mm -hmm. Yep. Her hands are as quick as any player I've coached, and uh, she's just dis very disruptive on the defensive end. Last one, uh, Alexis Morris. Um, funny. It's <laughs> more of a personality one. Yeah, she is. She, she can come up with some funny things. Uh, she says funny things. Um, I can look at her a certain way and she just laughs. Uh, so I would describe her uh, just funny. Uh, and I don't know that people really realize that about her. Yeah. I mean, being at press conferences, you can already tell she, she's, she's fun. Um, you have a lot of kids that seem like they're, they have a good time. They're enjoyable to be around. So that, that's always good. They are, they are, they make my job easy. Yeah. Now uh, let's, 
I want to talk about Kayla a little bit because she's like you said, she's great. I mean, the way she can control a game, the way she can get in the paint, the way she can finish. I feel like it's huge for this team to have that kind of go-to presence, but she doesn't force it, you know? So um, I think she's shooting 45% on the year, somewhere around there. Um, just, and then when she gets in the paint and finishes, I'm, I told you I'm from San Antonio. I was like, I see some Tony Parker, like when she's in the paint, she has a little spin move <laughs> uh, finish. It's like, um, so it's really impressive. Just talk about what she brings to this team as far as just how she kind of controls a game and runs the offense. Well, Kayla, it goes without saying she's the leader of, of the team. Uh, she and Foss and Cherry, those three are, are the returning players that um, they're, they're our leaders. They're our captains. But the fun part for me in watching uh, Kayla is that she has allowed me to challenge her. She's allowed me to um, uh, make her understand to whom much is given, much is expected. And sometimes she'll be the wrath of my criticism and she may not have done anything wrong, but I'm sending a message to the rest of the team. And she has handled that very well. I'm sure that um, she's just like all players. They don't want to uh, be on the other end of a coach's uh, getting on them. But at the end of the day, because of the position she plays, because of how good she is, uh, sometimes I need to set the tone of practice just by challenging her. Another thing about Kayla is um, she doesn't have to do it all by herself. I think she will quickly tell you there are talented players around her. And uh, that's a good thing because she can take over a game and we will run a lot of sets and things for her because we want her to be the one with the ball in her hands. Uh, but at the same time, I think because of the talent around her, it kind of helps her become an even greater player. Yeah, for sure. Um, now looking at, um, I want to go back to the Iowa State game because I was there and it was the most frenetic crowd I've been to um, for, for a women's basketball game. And it was a, just really interesting to see how the, the students were there, but then also the, the regular fans that were always there felt like they were even more juiced up because it was a, no, um, a game against the number 14 team in the country, Iowa State. And it was an 8 p.m. game. Uh, just what was it like having that crowd for Iowa State? And just what did it mean to you to see that? Well, first of all, the students being there, that was just so... Um, wonderful. The night before I uh, basically uh, fed them breakfast in the dormitory, they're all studying for their finals and Dr. Tate and I, as well as other faculty members, um, you know, we, we were interacting with a lot of young people and I, I'm sure a lot of that uh, yeah, attendance from students came from, from me challenging them and asking them and begging them to come to the game. And they did, they showed up. Um, electric would be a, a description I would uh, give describing the atmosphere. Uh, it was just a, a good game. It was a game against a team that's so good and well-respected and people showed up and not only did they show up, they engaged in the game and they were as fired up as the team and, and as the staff was on the bench. And uh, that's what we have to do in order to grow this program. Yeah, and it, it sustained throughout the game, mostly because of how y'all played and just because of how well y'all played, but it sustained throughout the game. That was the really impressive part. because Sometimes you see games where 
they're interested and then it wanes and then they come back whenever y'all um, close it out. But that was, yeah, really impressive. Now, looking at the rest of non-conference, um, still have a couple ch challenging games on there still. Um, obviously, I think Texas Tech's on there. Uh, just where is the main focus for you as you prepare for conference, try to get this team ready for what it's going to see in the SEC? Well, you want to win all the games in non-conference that you can. Heck, you want to do that in conference, but let's be a, a, real, a realist here. Mm -hmm. We understand what we face. Right now, uh, our preparation is on us. What we do every day is making us better. Add a little tweak here. Uh, do something on the defensive end. Continue to get better in your practices every day. Continue to develop somebody that just needs a lift and may end up going in the game for one big rebound. Um, we're, we're focused on us. And then when we get closer to who we play, then we'll do our scouting report and focus in, on, on what we need to do to win a game. You know, at the end of the, the month, we start conference play. And our first three games are against ranked teams in the SEC, teams we're not supposed to beat. So, and we may not beat those teams, but I hope that uh, when those teams do a scouting report, it will be much more detailed and they will understand that take LSU serious and, um, and we're going to have to fight and claw in this game. Uh, whereas maybe in the past they did or didn't do that. I don't know, but I certainly want them to respect us. I want them to understand that we're, we're going to come and we're going to give you everything we can. You may be on paper, the better team, you may have more talent. Uh, but as we've learned through the years, the most talented teams don't always win. And so our approach is for a lot of games, particularly in the SEC, we're the underdog. We're not supposed to win. So we've got to go out there and we've got to gain that respect and we've got to make sure that, um, you know, people take, take LSU serious and even in losses, you got to make sure that uh, if you walk off that floor, you gave it everything you had and they were just better than, than we were. Yeah, no, I'm, I cannot wait for SEC play. I mean, like you said, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of ranked teams, Tennessee, A&M, Georgia. Um, I do a, podcast on the side for Dave Campbell's Texas basketball uh, where you know we've watched Baylor and AM and all of them play um, so I'm, I'm excited for it now a um, couple couple things left uh, I know this is going to be kind of a loaded question but as far as coaches that you've learned the most from I know coaches you can go probably down a list of 10-15 names of coaches that have influenced you or helped you throughout your career but if you had to pick one or two just that have really left their mark on you whether you when you were a player at La Tech or since then um, I, I know I think you mentioned I mean Pat Summit and we're all um, a lot of different names but who, who are those names for you and then when you look at them how have you kind of just molded yourself I don't know what to say after them and then taking your own kind of path. Well, I think it's goes without saying the two that I learned the most from and that were mentors to me were Leon Barmore, my uh, coach at Louisiana Tech. And he also came and worked with me three years at Baylor after his retirement. He taught me the finer points of the game, the details of the game. He was my coach at Louisiana Tech. And um, then I worked for him for 15 years. And so um, still to this day, we talk pretty regularly about either he's watched my games or we're talking about our families. But um, there's no question that um, he, he taught me 
just about everything I know about the game. And then I played for Pat Summit in the 84 Olympics and was around her during the summers leading up to the Olympics uh, with USA Basketball. And she was a mentor to me as a female, as a mother, as, um, you know, a divorced female. A lot of things that we talk about really didn't have to do with basketball, but she also coached me. So uh, she and Leon Barmore, without question, are the two that impacted my life the most when it comes to basketball. For sure. All right. Last question. Um, now I went to y'all's practice before the season and I heard you rattle off a bunch of football euphemisms or football comparisons. <laughs> and so I, I was wondering if uh, between, and then I know your son played baseball. So do you, do you have a favorite sport to watch outside of basketball or is it like, how, how do you watch, or do you watch football? Do you watch baseball or how, how does that work for you? Well, I grew up in Louisiana, and at that time, really, the three major sports were basketball, football, and baseball. Now, I have much respect for a lot of sports, but it was it was just not um, – there were just not that many sports around when I was growing up. You now have so many sports, I couldn't name them all, but those are the three major ones I will watch both on TV and, uh, you know, it can be college, it can be pro – um, I, I don't tend to watch uh, as much pro basketball, one, because there's so many games, and two, I really uh, think they play extremely harder uh, when it's playoffs. So I will tend to watch the playoffs in, bas- in, the, in the NBA and WNBA before I watch regular season because it's just such a long season for them. Uh, I just love love sports. Uh, I can talk those three sports with anybody. Um, It's comfortable for me. Now, other sports I watch, but I probably could not talk X's and O's uh, with people in the other sports because I was not exposed to those very much. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's, you should have seen me covering volleyball. I was out there. I love, volleyball is a real fun sport, real fast paced and everything, but like where, where the outside is, the, 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 back line right. everything I was like okay let's go back to basketball yeah. where I'm, I'm <laughs> I understand so well coach uh that's all I got for you today uh, I appreciate you for joining me um I look forward to the rest of the season I appreciate um your willingness to come on here and talk and also just throughout the press conferences um being transparent with all of us so I really appreciate it what you see is what you get and I want you to, as a young person to recognize you mentioned Dave Campbell And Mr. Dave was um, a big part of my life when I was at Baylor and in Waco. I met him right out of the gates when I was hired there. He's a legend. He's still living. The Dave Campbell football magazine, he would sign it every year for me and my kids. And uh, do your research on Dave Campbell and let young people know we need more people like Dave Campbell in the media. He is just a genuine, always writing the good stories instead of digging for dirt on people. And uh, we need more Dave Campbells in this world. For sure. Yeah, no, that's been a lot of a lot of fun getting to know them over there and getting to work with them. So, well, coach, I will wrap this up. Thank you for joining me. Uh, everybody can uh, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, um, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.